0: New year, new league. The Fantasy Ruckers are back for 2024 for another exciting fantasy MLR season. There are new faces in new places. So, on this episode, we take an early glimpse at the rosters heading into MLR 2024 and catch up on all the exciting breaking news that happened over the holiday break. The Fantasy Rucker Show starts right now. Where rugby and the world of fantasy sports collide. Welcome. The Fantasy Rucker Show. Bringing fantasy rugby to the masses. Talking all things rugby from the MLR to leagues around the world. We're on
1: top of it. Headphones on, pads off.
0: This is the Fantasy Rucker Show.
1: Now, here are your hosts Ryan Yee,
0: Matt Yee, and Devin Vanderpool. What's up, everybody? This is episode number 90 of the Fantasy Rucker Show. Thank you so much to our Fantasy Ruckers League members, our community members, and everyone else tagging along on this journey of trying to make fantasy rugby a reality in the MLR. And our mission goes on for another year here, Maddie. 2024 is here. Happy New Year to all of our Holy listeners. Happy cow. New Year to all of our uh, our viewers on YouTube. Uh, but 2024 is here, and means the MLR 2024 season is that much closer. Another fantasy season is right yep. around the corner.
1: Yep, it's been a while. Uh, so happy holidays, you know, to everybody out there, all the listeners. Happy New Year, like you said, Rye. And another thing, I mean, darn Rye, we are 10 episodes away from episode 100. And that is, you know, I'm trying to think about it. Eight, 10 weeks from now, that is almost going to align pretty close with yeah. the uh, the draft time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. some of our maybe our draft spectacular maybe during that time um and it's going to align with the season starting so hey we're we're running with good time here right
0: yeah, absolutely. Well, the fantasy records are back after a short little holiday break there. And, yeah. and Matt, I'm pretty sure you uh, mentioned it. Uh, the last episode we did, uh, it's always the MLR that decides to do a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, I love uh, when we decide we to take a break and uh, there's been no shortage of things that have happened over the course of the past month that we got to break down, catch up on this episode, because man, uh, when you look at uh, major league rugby and how it looks like going into the 2024 year, it looks like a
1: brand new league. Yeah. Let me, Let me start off with this, Ryan. Before we get into things, and maybe this is kind of a segue into our news and notes, but I I gotta I gotta take one on the shins here, Ryan. I gotta say sorry. I gotta say sorry to the league. Sorry. I underestimated them. (laughs) That's true. I said I said before the break we went into the break. We're not getting an LA team. We're not getting an LA team. And what do they do? They prove me wrong. And they decide to put it right into my face and say, <laughs> you stare at this phallus-looking logo, and you stare at the worst name that's ever come to the MLR. And we had the Giltinis and the Gilgronies and they said, we're definitely having an L.A. team this year. Uh, we'll get into it more, but I just wanted to start off the new year, Ryan, with a bit of forgiveness. <laughs> well, and, I mean, uh, in- well, not forgiveness. I guess sympathy. Yeah, well, I guess uh, uh,
0: a funny thing there too is that Matt. I know you talked about how big you are on teams releasing their full rosters, and uh, and they did that. And they did that. You know, you may not be happy with their uh, their name, you may not be happy with their logo, but at the very least, Matt, they're trying to piece by coming out with a clear and concise roster for you. so it's They've got good. male
1: genitalia as a logo.
0: <laughs> but hey, well, we'll get into it. We'll get into all, all of our concerns about uh, the LA team. But yeah, we got a whole bunch to catch up on, on this episode. Obviously, a whole bunch of roster moves happening. Uh, we haven't been on the show since the dispersal draft has happened. Nope. Um, there's also some rumblings about a possible 12th team entering the Whoa. league, which is pretty crazy to think about as well after everything that has gone on towards the tail end of the 2023 year, losing Toronto, yep. losing New York. Um, so there is some news on that front as well very recent hot off the press and of course in this episode now that we've had the dispersal draft now that we have some movement of players we're gonna have a a early look like i said at the top of the show of uh what these teams look like and our opinions on them especially from a fantasy perspective and start deep diving into kind of some of these new faces that are on these new teams and how this changes the opinion of our uh of our thoughts on these teams and how they're going to perform because i think there's a whole bunch of teams that have acquired some players that have uh got some new names on that list, especially after uh, the folding of Toronto and New York uh, that may shift uh, our thoughts and our outlook on them for the 2024 year. So we're going to get into all of that in this episode. But like we say every single show, we're back. And if you aren't already, maybe for the, the top of your 2024 resolutions. Don't mm-hmm. oh, forget us a follow at the Fantasy Rutgers. Uh, the 2024 Fantasy MLR season is just around the corner, and hey, we've been saying it for a long, long time. Our goal here, especially in this upcoming season, is to open it up to everyone out there, and uh, we're getting closer and closer to that reality. So you will want to be on our socials to figure out when that happens. Uh, join us on our Discord community as well. You can find that link down below in the description, um, and uh, you can also take an early look at some of the fantasy numbers as well as well on the fantasyruckers.com um but yeah we're super excited uh for this upcoming year it's getting closer and closer and hopefully we're gonna have a whole bunch of people playing fantasy mlr in this upcoming uh upcoming year which is going to be super exciting to see
1: and it's and hey it's that time ryan pre-draft you know, analysis, pre draft, uh, this is advice where advice coming from. This is where it begins. This is where, this is where the good stuff starts. And you're going to want to be along with us for the ride.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, let, let's dive right into it, Maddie, and let's start getting into some of this breakdown here to kind of give our fantasy, uh, managers a little early, uh, uh, outlook into what this 2024 year is going to look like, uh, yep. but we got to get through some news and notes first here. And yep. I think the biggest news that we got to got to get through here is uh, the the crazy news. And, and I mentioned it early at the start that obviously there was a whole bunch of turmoil that happened with this league: the unexpected loss of the Toronto mm-hmm. Arrows the unexpected loss of the New York Ironworkers, and 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 the future looked so grim. Uh, for the MLR uh, with all the changes that they had to do, the league structure format that they had to do. They came out with the original uh, kind of format and the teams folded. They had to pivot to something else here. Um, but it looks like there's a little bit of positive news coming through here. And it might be the most positive news that we've heard here with the MLR mm-hmm. in quite a while. Um, but here, the uh, the there seems to be a possible 12th team, that will be joining the 2024 year. You know what they say, Matt? I guess it's uh, better late than never. You know, we're only about three months away from the start of the 2024 year, but why not yep. uh, add uh, another team here to kind of balance things out after what uh, what the MLR went through? But it looks like Charlotte may be joining the MLR for the 2024 year. Uh, it sounds like they uh, will possibly be called the, uh, the Charlotte Hawks. But what is interesting about this is uh, its affiliation. Uh, with, uh, with, the, with the USA Eagles and the backing that it is going to have for, uh, from World Rugby. Um, obviously, we all know that the Rugby World Cup is coming to the United States in 2031. It sounds like this is an effort on the World Rugby side of things to pump in some more money to continue the development here and uh, hopefully get rugby within the North Americas back on track after everything that happened uh, yeah. during the, the tail end of, of last year.
1: Yeah, no, this is, I mean, this is really, it's great to see that World Rugby is taking interest. I'm sure that this has to do with the Rugby World Cup in what, 2032 or whatever? 2031, yeah. 2031 that's coming to the U.S. Um, And this is going to be great for USA Rugby. I mean, they're going to have guys that are going to be playing together all year round. Um, Yeah, it's not going to include some of the the Eagles guys, but that's not the point. It's supposed to be a development squad. It's going to include a lot of the guys, the young guys that maybe haven't gotten playing time in the MLR, uh, previously. Um, and, and yeah, it's going to give them playing time against some high level competition and some, not just domestic competition, but international competition as well. Uh, I think this is great. I think this is going to be interesting to see how they fit into the season. I personally think that this team's going to have a tough time being successful in this league. I think just the MLR teams are just too good. Um, and I don't think that they're going to be able to compete, but regardless, Uh, it'll be a way for them to play against higher level talent. It'll be a way for them to train together all year round. Um, and yeah, I think it, I think it's great for us rugby.
0: Yeah. Like you mentioned, Matt, the primary purpose of the Charlotte team will be to develop us eligible players, um, with the, the, ultimate goal of both short-term qualification for the 2027 world cup and mm-hmm. uh, the long-term like we mentioned looking ahead to that 2031 world cup that will be hosted here in the united states um it's following yeah. kind of the same concept of what uh, the usa hawks uh were doing it was a kind of a yep. usa development side and it looks like they're kind of going to be using this charlotte hawks team in the mlr to do what you're saying matt to kind of give guys uh, that are young in the kind of uh u.s circuit uh a development program, give them playing time against high level uh, international talent in the MLR year round, um, which should be only beneficial. What I think is going to be really, really interesting is kind of the stark contrast. Obviously, there was an emphasis on this when it came to talking about some of the teams that had left the MLR in Toronto. Right. The Toronto arrows, their emphasis was kind of this was their version of, you know, Canada's side of things to develop Canadian rugby players mm-hmm. through this Toronto Arrows side and use that to kind of propel rugby Canada forward here um, when it comes to to skill level, when it comes to development and things like that. It's going to be interesting to see people kind of argue there's a there's a debate whether or not how successful the arrows were in terms of doing that for Canada. Obviously, it felt yeah. like Canada was kind of taking a step back um, with the non-qualification for the most recent World cup uh, and things like that. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how the U S approaches this Charlotte Hawks side and how beneficial this is going to be for uh, USA rugby as a whole.
1: Yeah. And I think the difference here is that, you know, this isn't going to include the Eagles, the, the Christian Dyers of the world, you know, the, uh, the Benjamin Penasos, the Dylan Fawcett's all those guys, this isn't going to include them. Those guys are going to be playing on successful franchises in the MLR, this is going to be simply just the USA Hawk development guys. And I think it's important that they have that separate because it doesn't mean that the, the high-level Eagles guys, the, the, the guys who are the top players on the Eagles side, um, are going to have to be playing this kind of—they're uh, no, going to be playing losing rugby, essentially. So it's good that they're out there. I think it's really great that they have this separate development side. I'll be interested to see who's on this team. Mm -hmm. Because when you look at MLR rosters, I mean, you look at guys like Max Schumacher, Sebastian Volani, even, you know, guys who have made a statement in this league, like Colin Gross, who has gotten playing time. But these guys have all been drafted in from the collegiate draft. And you wonder, I mean, those guys, those top development guys are not available to the Hawks. They're signed with squads. Yeah. So what happens there? You know, do they, does, does Max Schumacher, if you realize he's not getting playing time, do they allow, is that, is that something where US might allow him to leave and play for the Hawks? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but I think what they're doing here is really great. You brought up Canada, Ryan. And I'm actually, the first thought in my mind was why, you know, you lose Toronto Arrows. Why wouldn't you have something like this and have, and what, maybe not just world rugby asking world rugby to invest in, but why wouldn't this be something that you'd want to have in Canada as well? You yeah. just launched your professional team. The only Canadian development side is Pacific Pride that plays in the BC Premier League. The BC Premier League, frankly, is not the MLR. And why wouldn't you want something like this to replace at least some be some sort of replacement for the arrows? It's not a franchise. It's a development side that's playing in a professional league yeah. that is going to be backed by World Rugby. Did they even ask? I don't know. I don't know all the answer to all those questions. But I think this would have been something that I would have loved to also see Canada take part in sure. Um, if they don't plan on having a franchise anytime soon.
0: Yeah. But I mean, bottom line being is that it is encouraging to see, at least from an MLR point of view, it is encouraging to see that World Rugby sees the benefits. And obviously that has to do with them hosting the World Cup in 2031. Well, but sees the benefits of developing rugby here uh, on North American soil I don't know. seeing I, them making a significant investment. You don't think I, so?
1: I think I think what world rugby's scared of is that 2032, you come to America, 2031. They host 2031, they host the World Cup and uh USA rugby goes 0 and 4 in pool stages. They're 0 and 3. They lose every match and they're out. Why why would you ever bring the rugby World Cup back to America if they're not even going to win a game in pool stages? Like I think right, that's I mean, what they're I worried guess... about. And I think that's the only reason I don't think they, they have the interest of America like US rugby in mind. I think it's the hey, we 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 oh. all got America to, to be hosting a World Cup. They better be, they better we better put them in the best position to try and bring the American fan base and North American fan base into it leading up to that World Cup. Sure,
0: sure. I mean no question. No question. This investment is not happening if US is not hosting a World yep. Cup in twenty thirty one. Of course, I agree with that. But whether it's for good intentions or whether it's for, you know, concerning intentions, money is funneling in True. into US rugby for the next, you know, 6-7 years. Right. True. So I, at the very least, right. We're having investment coming in. Um, it comes at a time that was very concerning for major league rugby with the departure of two teams. Um, and to if you would have told me, you know, uh, you know, two, three months ago that, you know, the MLR would be back at 12 teams. I would have laughed at you with how things yeah. were going here. But the fact that, you know, we saw the news that we'll get into with Los Angeles, finally coming to fruition uh, with the movement from Atlanta, we're seeing Miami kind of, you know, put more out there and, and we're seeing them kind of moving along here and, and solidifying their name here in the MLR. Um, and then now you're seeing a Charlotte team that is potentially going to be joining the 2024 year. It's encouraging yeah. to see. Um, I think from where where we were uh, at the tail end of 2023 and you can take a look at our last two episodes when we were talking, it was literally the New York Ironworkers departure and then it was the Arrow's departure before that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the 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 sentiment and the feeling on this show was grim. It, w- it was tough and I think yeah. they've taken a pretty big you turn here that there is now a so, positive vibe and a positive yeah, feel I'm, heading into 2024. And I
1: didn't go through the full American rugby news article. Um, that's on me. But uh, I wonder, you know, what is, what is their position in the league in terms of, you know, next year's draft? What is their position in the league in terms of trades signings? Is that, what does that look like? Is it just development side? So they're not making any signings. All they're doing is just bringing players through the pathway is bringing players through the pathway then taking away from the collegiate draft because those guys in the collegiate draft should technically sure. be in this UA, USA right. Hawks pathway right. unless they're coming from Canada and then can they trade salary cap considerations for you know a guy like Max Schumacher, a guy like Sebastian Volani? Can they say hey, we need these guys getting playing time. We need to bring these guys through and and find some way. So do they act like that? That'll be interesting. Um, I would love to take a fantasy look at this, Ryan, and say, "Hey, what does this look like fantasy wise?" I mean, right. I personally think that this team is not going to be guys you're going to want to be picking up. I don't think they're going to have success in this league. I think they're going to be. Uh, we brought up the arrows. I think they're going to be similar to the arrows last year, except maybe worse. Um, so yeah, I don't think I don't think these guys are going to have a lot of fantasy impact. But hey, it's a, it's, a, it's a bigger pool of players for us to choose from when you're desperate.
0: For me, this is where the conversation begins, that argument between opportunity and skill level. Right. There were players that had value on the arrows last year in fantasy. There were players on the Dallas Jackals that had value. There were players on the Chicago Hounds that had value. Um, They were not necessarily the best sides, but you had guys on there that were starting, you know, 70 to 80 minutes every match that, Yeah. yeah, they were not giving you outstanding numbers. But there was fantasy relevancy there. And I think there's going to be guys on this Charlotte Hawks team that are going to be like that. The whole team is not going to be on, you know, people's rosters, but I think there's going to be streaming guys, there's going to be a select few guys here that are going to have solid opportunity and will be on the field enough. That they're going to provide some sort of fantasy value. Yeah. Again, I don't think in our drafts are they any of these guys going to be, um, you know, drafted high uh, uh, or or any of that. But I think there will be guys that will be looked at because of the opportunity that they they'll have. And I mean, we'll see. And kind of getting to your logistics stuff, Matt. There's still a lot to kind of you know iron out here and figure mm-hmm. out. Again, uh, there has been no official announcement yet by MLR that this True. is something that is uh, coming into the league uh, at this point of the release of the podcast. We will see whether or not uh, we've heard from sources that uh, this announcement is supposed to be coming up in the next uh, handful of days or so. Uh, so we'll see what more information we get from that. But I think that's a huge question, Matt, the logistics behind it in terms of what player is going to be available for this team, who's going to get drafted, yeah. Because if you have a guy... Like like Sam Gola, right? Who's available for the Charlotte Hawks team? You know what I mean? Then he's a guy that might be there. But again, it's the draft between signings, all of that. But again, I think bottom line here, very reassuring that we're going to possibly see a 12th team at a time when we saw there was only going to be, you know, as few as you know, 10 teams in this league, um, and and uh, with not the 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 for sure knowing of Los Angeles coming in. And we kind of mentioned it and talked about it last episode, Maddie, from a fantasy perspective, when you're trying to play and navigate in a league that only has 10 teams, it's tough because there's only so many starters uh, within, within the MLR that you'll be feeling comfortable to put on your fantasy side. Now back at 12 teams, it kind of gives you a little bit of that breathing room once again, which is a a reassuring thing. Um, Any last things on the Charlotte Hawks before we move on? here? Uh,
1: No, I I think, I think that's it. I'll, I, I think it'll be Interesting. I think I'm excited to see when it's announced, what roster is announced, Um, and then I'm excited to kind of see, hey, how does this play into fantasy? How is this going to change the way that I uh, pick guys and how guys uh, look at the waiver wire? Because I think a lot of these guys are going to be on the waiver wire. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that, like you said, right, we're going to see guys with opportunity potentially surprise a lot of the fantasy managers this year. For sure.
0: All right. Well, let's get into uh, the little bit of the conversation that we're getting to about the folding of the Toronto and New York franchises led to this dispersal draft that happened that uh, occurred yep. during uh, our our break here at the Fantasy Rutgers. And since then, that dispersal draft happening, uh, it looks like about 16 out of the 30 players uh, to date have been drafted to or have been signed by a team, uh, not necessarily the team that drafted them, which we'll get into a little bit here. Uh, but it does look like more. And more players have been you know getting uh, put onto their respective teams and are finding homes for their 2024 year um just before we get into kind of some of the nuances of it maddie overall thoughts on the dispersal draft for me um i thought uh, a whole bunch of names were kind of going in an order that i didn't expect it to go in like i did yeah. not expect tyler wong you know, to be no. going number one overall in the dispersal draft. I don't know what the kind of uh, the ideology behind that was. Um, and then it's been interesting watching where these players have ended up. Obviously, there's been a discussion about you know Nola trading for that sixth pick, drafting Nate Oxberger, and then not actually ended up getting him in the end. Um, it, it's been funny, or it's been I should say interesting to watch this kind of play out and and how the the dispersal draft impact has kind of rippled out um, here at the start of 2024.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean I I think we we it, it was done the same way that we've seen all these dispersal drafts done in the past very much under the radar very much a bit confusing uh not really understanding the decisions being made but when you really look at the nuances of it look the, I I'm sure they're looking at okay who can we realistic who's actually going to be realistically um willing to sign with us mm-hmm. you know you look at Nola they must have had some sort of reassurance from Ed Fido um to say hey look yeah i'm gonna sign with you draft me at five and and he must have told all the other teams ahead say if you draft me in the social draft i'm not gonna sign with you right um so kind of interesting i wonder you know you look I mean, at those the rules conversations
0: been, were happening yeah. beforehand. You know what I mean? Like I, it's it, yeah. it, like I, it's weird to me, right? When I saw you know Tyler Wong and Mitch Richardson name at the top of the the draft, yeah, there were just so many guys on there. Like how many of those was like okay, yeah, like like Ed Fido saying I, I'm not going to Dallas Jackals. Uh, you don't don't draft me there. Um, it's interesting.
1: You yeah, know. and then you look at guys like I mean Andrew Cole going in like the third round. It's right. like, in what world is he supposed to be going in the third round? Like, right. um. I don't know how this works. I don't know. I'm not. I don't understand. I have no clue. Uh, you're right. The order is all messed up. Um, I wonder how many mind games are played in terms of look. Nola drafting Nola goal. Uh, Nola drafting Nate Oxburger and saying, "All right, I know you're not going to sign with us. We'll try our best. But if you don't, then somebody's going to have to pay you the salary cap. Sure, right? They're, sure. It's going to have to go against the salary cap. Um, I wonder how much that went. And you know, the other thing is like. There's also these like passes from teams. Like, why would you pass? Right. What would be the reason to pass? Why wouldn't you just draft somebody anyways? I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. This is super weird. <laughs> uh, it all came out from the insiders. Ryan, this league literally runs on insiders, <laughs> uh, AKA like Brian Ray and jam delay and like rugby. Right. Like it runs on insiders. They share the information and, and we just, uh, you know, 90% of the time it's true. Yeah.
0: Well, um, that that is an interesting point here. Um, I I think one thing to note is that if, uh, and we'll get into some of these players as we get into the the team breakdown, but uh, if a player decided to not sign with the team that drafted them in this dispersal draft, uh, that team received salary cap considerations in exchange for the signing rights to that player. So for example, Nate Augsburger, obviously eventually signing with the Chicago Hounds. The Chicago Hounds, if I'm understanding this correctly, had to give um the nola gold salary cap considerations for this upcoming year um in exchange for the signing rights to nate Oxburger there so there was some kind of benefit there again yeah. like you're saying there matt like maybe that was kind of the inside mind game of nola gold yeah say, hey we could do our best to sign one of the best I mean, players in the mlr and if not the very worst we're getting salary cap considerations but then that goes to the point again matt of why wouldn't you just draft guys it you know, not even even crazier of of guys, yeah. So it's, it's interesting, but uh, we'll get into kind of the results here as we go into the team breakdown and preview here of kind of how things played out. But yeah, I guess overall thoughts of just the dispersal draft that we, uh, that we were thinking was just, it was weird. It was interesting um, to see kind was of where weird. Yeah. guys went. It, so
1: it was just a way to get players out. I don't really care. At the end of the day, they still had the signing still had to be announced. And I think on a positive note, we ended up in a good place. I look at the teams right. now. I look at the rosters now. Um, it was, I think the, the way that they've been dispersed across the league has been great. It, it's great to see some of these players in new jerseys. And I think it kind of has changed the outlook for some of these teams, like one specifically Nola gold. I think you look at, you look at Nola gold differently before and after the dispersal draft. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I, I on a positive note, I, I like the way that it went. Uh, It's still a lack of transparency in some ways, but but it is what it is. I don't think we're ever going to get transparency with just the nuances of MLR announcing the dispersal draft, and then there needing to be also a signing process as well. I don't think that'll ever happen. Right.
0: Uh, but I will say, I think we're happy to see that a whole bunch of players that probably got really screwed over by this yeah. whole. Um, obviously, it was a, a many of the things out of the control of 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 people here in terms of the Toronto folding, in terms of New York folding. Yeah. Um, and and just you know some players obviously getting put in a really really difficult spot, um, yeah. with these with these uh, with these uh, the, the the foldings of those two teams and not having a home for the twenty twenty four year. But to see kind of some of these guys yeah. as we kind of pan out here and, and signings will continue to happen, um, that at least these guys are finding homes here. And, that there's good and, and and ultimately I think. It's making, like you said, Matt, a lot of these teams better. There are a lot of players that are going to yeah. different sides here that are kind of, you know, filling the gaps here, and it should be interesting when when we get into these uh, these teams here, this early early outlook for some of these squads. I
1: will I will say that, unfortunately, I think that this has probably, you know, uh, unfortunately is probably a little bit of a sad thing for some of the, especially Toronto Arrows guys and mm-hmm. maybe some of the Rugby New York guys, of that these guys who didn't get drafted, guys who haven't gotten signed yet, you know they. We may not see them in the M.L.R. In, in the near future, mm-hmm. um, and that's too bad. But you know, uh, like you said, Ryan, I think I think they have taken the best from from those teams, and it's been spread across the league pretty well.
0: All right. Well, let's start getting into some of these players uh, and and where these new phases have ended up well, on these new Ryan, teams.
1: Before Before we do that, yeah, can I just say something really mm-hmm. quick? And I kind of mentioned this early, but um, so. I think I don't know what happened, right? But you know, they they took the the a t- it took a team like the Rugby New York Football Club or the Rugby New York Ironworkers or the Rugby. What else were they called, Ryan? The Rugby FC L A. No, that's this stupid team that came in, <laughs> Ryan. L A. Possibly has the worst team of worst team name <laughs> of all time. I don't well, know what they're thinking, but you know, the usual is a city or a town. Yeah. RFC, Rugby Football Club. It's very simple. It's very simple. You go across the entire world. You look at every, you know, city name, town name, Rugby Football Club. Yeah. LA, just because you're in California doesn't mean you have to be different. <laughs> you don't have to call yourself Rugby Los Angeles Football Club Los Angeles, okay? That you didn't need to do that. You didn't need to do that. And I don't even, apparently, your logo is an acorn. It's not. It's a It's a male genitalia, Okay. <laughs> It is a male genitalia with an A. And you put the A in as like an homage to the Atlanta. Why do you have to homage the Atlanta? uh, uh, Like, you don't have to. You don't have to. You could have come up with something better. This is possibly Ryan. And LA continues with this trend. That they continue to come up with the worst names (laughs) in the MLR. And uh, it's going to be continuing from 2024 and beyond.
0: Well, I was going to save the conversation until we got to previewing well, this rugby. FCLA I had to, team, I couldn't, but ride. I got, you got, you got to get I off your ride. chest. I understand. I understand. But yeah, I mean, let's get into it. Um, <laughs> the whole announcement, obviously we were talking about it a lot on this show about kind of when are they going to be announcing this team? When are they going to yeah. be announcing the, the, the branding and all this stuff um, and your reaction and uh, of, of seeing kind of how it all unfolded and seeing the team rugby football club Los Angeles, yeah, not 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 the best, uh, not the best. Uh, they're known as yes. at Rugby FCLA. I guess that kind of rolls off the tongue a little nope. bit. Um, the colors are okay. I mean, you know, this dark blue, baby blue type look that they got going. But yeah, I I mean, the name n- don't love it. The logo don't d- don't like it even more. Um, but I mean, what can you do? I think at this point in the, uh, when it comes to being an MLR fan, we're just happy that there was an announcement of some sort. But you would have thought that with the amount of time that they took to kind of announce this Look, thing, that it would have been some next level branding. It took and them. S- they missed the ball in that.
1: Six months, and they <laughs> looked at a page and they said, "Rugby Football Club Los Angeles." Yes. <laughs> yeah, that it. That's it. Yeah. Male uh... genitalia. Yep. That's it. <laughs> look they're, they're the la richards now and that's just the way it is
0: the la richards yeah i mean it, it was it was a tough one but again i mean at this point as an mlr fan i'm not gonna complain right um that's
1: the maybe point that, where we're at but yeah. i mean yeah, maybe that's a good that. segue we, we start off with the with the newest team in the league okay well maybe the second newest team in the league uh the LA Richards.
0: Let's 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 start getting into it then. Yeah, let's begin our little outlook and yeah, let's start off with uh Rugby Football Club Los Angeles here yeah. um and and the squad that they have um outside of the branding and outside of uh the the colors and and the name. Yeah. I mean, it's when I saw them release their roster, they've brought a solid amount of number of names from the Rugby Atlanta squad that yeah that were some marquee names there while mm-hmm. adding some pretty solid talent th- from the dispersal draft and, and from, from other avenues. I mean, you look at some of the returning names that were on Rugby Atlanta. You have Jason Dam, you got uh, Yuri Van Vuren returning, um, Alex Mon, uh, these guys that were kind of big names of this, Niall, Niall Saunders in that that list. And then you have the, you add that with the addition of the moves that they were able to make with uh, the uh, acquisition of Jordan Chait over the offseason. And then you mm-hmm. add guys like Jason Emery uh, and Andrew Coe through the dispersal draft, not to mention guys like Will Leonard that are staying around, Jack Shaw uh, that were on Rugby Atlanta. Um, I mean, pretty solid base as a, a first-year rugby uh, football club Los Angeles squad here heading into the 2024 year.
1: Yeah, no, they, they definitely have a nice little squad there. I, I definitely like their back line a bit more than I like their forwards. Um, looking at the roster now, I mean, you pointed out a couple guys, co obviously, Jason Emery. Will Leonard, I think, is going to be mm-hmm. going to be a nice little play here as well. well. The one guy that I would really look for is Jordan Chait. I think, you know, he's – last year, if anything, we showed that he deserves a starting role in this mm-hmm. league, and I think he's a great kind of playmaker to, to build your team around. Um, I think looking at this, though, I think they'll struggle this year. I think they're going to have some tough times, not because their team's bad, not because they don't have talent, I think it's just when you look around the league and you look at the talent that has been built around the league. um, It's just, it's just on another level. And I'm surprised that LA wasn't able to pull in more international talent Mm. to their team, similar to the way the Guiltinis did. I wonder if the San Diego Legion has almost taken away that, that LA glitz and glamor because of this whole, like whole shambles that they were in in order to announce it all, and maybe unsu- P- players were unsure of, of what this team was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and San Diego Legion was just something that has, and they've been consistent in the MLR. They've been, they've had guys, and and and, and they've been, they you didn't have any questions with them basically. Um, so that's my kind of takeaway for for me. I think they have some really good core guys. I like their backline again a, a lot better than I like their forwards. Um, not that their forwards are bad. I mean, they still got Matt Heaton, guys like Yuri Van Vuren, and Regan O'Gorman. Um, but that just doesn't compare to the rest of the rest of the franchise in the league. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I, I think they will struggle this year though.
0: And I mean, I don't know how much of that has to do with them being a new franchise and I guess how long it took them to kind of get things sorted out. Again, we aren't in the backroom conversations and I don't know how long roster construction kind of discussions were yeah. uh, uh, it took them to get to that point after developing this franchise, but yeah, I mean, it, it could be a lot worse. I think as though the, my kind of initial reaction sure. to uh, with the, the lack of kind of news that we were hearing about this Los Angeles team, that was kind of worried on what kind of side that they were going to be putting out here in 2024. It could be a lot worse. I think I agree with you, Matt. It's a team that's going to struggle, uh, I think. Uh, but I think they do have high-caliber players, you know, like Jordan Chate, like Will Leonard, uh, like Andrew Coe, like Jason Emery, um, you know, like Yuri Van and Guys that are established here in the league that will, will be able to lift them up. From a fantasy yeah. perspective... I'm looking at any of those guys, right? I'm excited to see what Jordan Chait offers. He's obviously going to, if you look at that fly half depth chart, he's going to be the guy there. So he should have a lot of kicking um, and scoring opportunities, a lot of playmaking opportunities. We'll see how much uh, Jason Emery. uh, I know he played a bulk of his season last year at the fly half position for New York, but it looks like they'll be using him at that center position, his natural center playing position alongside Mm -hmm. Will Leonard. Um, Maybe that has something to do with the development of of Seth Purdy and how he kind of gets through here. Um, and then, you know, Andrew Coe is going to be a guy that I'm looking at uh, and 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 some of those uh, backline forwards. But again, I think th- this is not like it's like you mentioned, Matt, like a, a San Diego team or a New England Free Jacks team where I want a piece of every single little bit of this uh, rugby football club, Los Angeles yeah. squad for fantasy. There are guys that I'm going to select and choose because of their skill level and because of the opportunity that they're going to get. And then yeah. I'll look elsewhere for some other positions.
1: Yeah, you're going to you're going to pick the guys that, you know, uh are going to perform um and, you know, starters like Niall Saunders is a guy that I'd bring up as he's the clear starter at mm-hmm. the scrum hop position as of right now. um And, you know, he's he's shown to perform in the past and in the MLR. So I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being uh being a, a suitable nine to be on your fantasy team.
0: All right, well, let's shift on over to uh, last year's newest team, and let's get on over to the Chicago Hounds. And this is a team is an interesting one. Because I feel like I'm going to fall in the same trap of what I did last year about being excited for this team Whoa. when I don't know if I should be excited for them. Obviously, there was a whole lot of I don't think it's a hype. trap this year, right? I, I think that last year, obviously, there was a lot of names that were with the Chicago Hounds team, especially after the dispersal draft last year where I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm all aboard the Chicago Hounds team. Maybe Ryan. it's a little bit of, of, of buyer's remorse and just being yeah. a little bit hesitant. But this year, I think no, I'm it's... buying in again. It, 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 they have some names here, man.
1: This is not the same team. This is this is I mean, yes, we looked at last year's team and we thought, wow, how can this team not be good? But I think we there were clear gaps last year. 9 position, mm-hmm. clear gap. 10 position, clear gap. Um and I, I think they had some they had some struggles in the forwards as well. This year, bringing in guys like Dylan Fawcett, bringing in a guy like uh Nick McCarthy Adrian Carles closes that gap. Dave yep. Carney, Nate Oxburger. I mean, this is a whole different team. Their whole starting lineup is going to change. Yep. Um, and I think that this team. I mean, I'm, I didn't even mention Lucas Rumble, Captain Canada, but, but yeah, it's. I think this is a team that you can jump on. No, they might not be. They're still. I think that you compare them to the San Diego Legions and New England Free Jacks of the league. Yes, I don't think they're there yet, but they're not going to be the chicago hounds of last year
0: yeah and i mean we'll we'll talk about some of these guys that were added obviously nate oxburger was probably their one of their biggest acquisitions yeah coming in uh he got drafted by the nola gold with that sixth pick ended up not re-signing with them there was there was rumors i think heading into uh the off season or during the off season when new york was still around that nate oxberg was actually be going was going to become a new york iron Warrior. and he was but technically he,
1: drafted from there um so yeah.
0: and yeah and he was technically drafted from there so uh there, there was that situation which is also kind of weird because there was no talks between the moves from no. san diego to to new york but nonetheless um nate oxberger um ultimately uh sticking with chicago and going elsewhere other than the NOLA Gold. Um, they add, again, uh, Adrian Carles during the offseason there, Lucas Rumble through the dispersal yeah. draft, which is massive, and, and Dylan Fawcett um, signing with with the uh, with the Chicago Hounds as well. I love these new names on this list. And, yeah. and I, I think, again, I think the same sentiment with you, Matt. I don't think they've necessarily quite reached that tip-top tier of the MLR like the New England Free Jacks and like the San Diego Legions yet, but this is a huge huge step up at least on paper from where they were last year and 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 they filled in a lot of holes this is a team that I'm starting to get into that space where and I and I and I'll admit I fell for it last year where I was like I just want a piece of the Chicago Hounds offense um I want a piece of the points that this team's going to score this year I know it's hard to kind of get back on the bandwagon again but I think this year I'm even that much more confident that I want a piece of the Chicago Hounds offense in this upcoming fantasy season
1: yeah, no, I I mean, last year, towards the end of the year, we were definitely at the point of like, all right, there's like four or five guys on the Chicago Hounds team that you're willing to pick up and you're willing to start. The rest of the guys, you just, you're staying away. This year, I mean, you can have a guy in every position that you'd be willing to play. Just Front row, say, yeah. Dylan Fawcett, second row, Brad Tucker, or Ben Landry, back row, potentially Lucas Rumble, but, you know, I think back row is maybe one of their weaker sides in terms of fantasy output uh, just because Lucas we, Rumble's we, we, last year. We was, could see Rumble was...
0: take a step back. And, I mean, Mike Matarazzo has been good in the past too. So <laughs> For sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. For sure.
1: Nick Nick McCarthy at this scrum position. Adrian Carrell at the fly position. Centers, I mean, take your pick, right? right? Like Bryce Campbell or Billy Meeks. I think maybe Mark O'Keefe gets some time back on the wing um, depending on how much Dave Carney plays. But in back three, I mean – Julian Dominguez and Nate Augsburg are those two guys that are always going to be on starting yeah. squad. So to your point, right? I mean, I, I think this team's got some offensive firepower. I think this team's going to put it together this year. Um, I think they will be like a middle of the pack team of, of, and, and guys who you're not going to completely write off every time a team plays them.
0: All right. Well, let's shift on over now to another team that kind of struggled a little bit last year, but there was some uh, optimism behind them in certain performances, but the Dallas Jackals uh, are yeah. coming in. This was a team, That I feel like has made improvements but hasn't yeah. necessarily added too much here. I, I think they're coming in with yeah. a lot of the same. You have a couple new names. You have Ronan Foley who's coming in here, which should make um, a, a big uh, addition to that back row room that was already pretty strong here for the, the Dallas Jackals. Obviously, Sam Gala and what he was able to do last year. You'll see what you know Thomas Kobiah, what he was able to do towards the tail end of last uh, season to see what a full MLR 2024 campaign is going to provide him, especially from a fantasy output. But I mean, I think Chicago has jumped way ahead of the Dallas Jackals here. I'm not too optimistic about the Dallas uh, of, of this Jackal squad. I think they're still going to be towards the bottom, you know, of this MLR table. Uh, but I guess I'll be, I'll be, I'll, I'll be, I'll be proven wrong if they do uh, uh, differently here. But it, there just isn't yeah. with the amount number of changes that have happened on other teams. I just, there hasn't been that same amount of acquisition level with this Dallas Jackals squad. You know,
1: interesting. I'm going to call out an interesting guy who's missing from there. It's Adrian Boyson. That's true. You know, we look at that back row room, and a guy who was so important to the Dallas Jackals last year, uh, fantasy-wise especially, is Mm -hmm. like...
0: The tackle is crazy.
1: You're missing Adrian Boyson now, and so you look at this team of like, all right, can Ronan Foley pull, fill that void? They're two different types of players, in my opinion, and, and you're going to expect something different from Ronan Foley uh, that you would from Ian Boyson. But, uh, yeah, I'm on the same boat, right? I think, yes, they brought in some guys. I, I think the guys that they brought in are not necessarily, in my mind, game changers. Um, I don't think they put this team ahead of anybody else outside of maybe LARFC. Um and I'm gonna say also potentially OG OG old glory DC um but yeah I, yeah I I I mean, there's not too many guys like to me I think their strongest position here is going to be center position and Sam Galla yeah. and he's just a position yeah. on his own
0: Yeah. I mean, Sam Gala, again, last year was the highest scoring rookie in fantasy perspective, 135.6 fantasy points last season. Um, And again, such a a game breaker when it came to having a guy like that at the second row position. Um, I think the sentiment with this Dallas Jackals team remains the same at least for now, heading into this 2024 fantasy yeah. season, where you're like, okay, kind of the same sentiment with the LA team. Like, you, you, There are guys on here that you'll pick. There are guys yep. on here that are going to get opportunities. So I think, you know, I throw on Sam Gallo, there's a guy you're going to want. You know, Thomas Kubia, it's probably a guy that you're going to want. Um, Ronan Foley, um, if he can return to the same form that we've seen him before, he's probably a guy yeah, that you're going to want. And then will. there's going to be starting guys that may be streamers, whoever starts at fly half, whoever starts at scrum half that you may, you know, stream on a, on a week-to-week basis, whoever kind of emerges from the back three mm-hmm. maybe but again kind of the same tier as the los angeles rugby team that uh that's um you know you're gonna pick and choose here with this this Dallas jackal squad um for sure um all right shifting on over to another texas team let's start, talk about the houston sabercats um th- this is gonna be an interesting one i mean they have made additions here um uh that that are exciting um, AJ Alatimu is now a Houston Saber Cat, which is really, really weird to think about. Uh, because you know he's been yeah. a, a staple of that Seattle Seawolves uh, side for for so long. They added a Tuolatasi Tasi to this squad too. Um, uh, it, it, it should be an interesting one here. Um, Johan Mumsen is now a part of the mm-hmm. Houston Saber Cats as well. This should be a fun, a fun, fun team to watch.
1: Yeah, this is. I mean, you just look at for me like. You look at that that back, like the back line, and it just looks ridiculous. I mean, you look at guys like AJ Alatimu and Davey Coetzer. Mm-hmm. You look at Tuala Tasi, tassi Don McKenna, Lourdes, Van and Sam Hill. I mean, that center room alone and is something that you love to have. I mean, Sam Hill, I think, is going to be a starter, and then Dom Aquino, potentially or Lourdes, Van um, And then the back three, I mean, Jerry Labuscogne, Christian Dyer, Drew Wild are three guys that have been high performers in this league Mm -hmm. um i really like that back line i really like any of those back three guys i would take their centers as well i'm a big fan of their centers and obviously the one concern here is like fly half wise you got to make a decision as a fantasy manager
0: yeah yeah
1: right like you got to make a decision on do you need to pick both of these guys up in order to manage when one guy starts and when one guy doesn't Mm -hmm. What does this look like? We saw the same thing in Seattle last year, right? We saw the same thing with AJ Alatimu. We saw the same thing with Jordan Chait. One guy gets hot, and all of a sudden you don't have that one guy. Right? That's an issue. Like that. Right. That's tough. You're spending draft capital on one of these guys. There's no doubt both of these guys are going to get drafted. Um, it's just a matter of you have to spend two draft capitals, right? Like you have to spend two picks right. if you want to pick one of them.
0: And I mean, these were guys that were high performers. I mean, Davey Coatser. 185.5 185.5 fantasy points last season for Houston. He, 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 he had the, the position unlocked there, um, starting in 13 of the games that he played in, uh, seven tries, um, you know, just just a monster from that fly half position, not to yeah. mention the 33 conversion kicks uh, what was really what propelled him to be at the top of that fly half list. Uh, 17, seven penalty kicks uh, to add on top of that. And then, I mean, AJ Alotimo, we've seen what he's done before with the Seattle Wolves. Last year was kind of a down year for him. Um, there was a reason why... AJ Alatimu was so highly sought off in our 2023 draft going into Mm -hmm. it because he was just so electric when it came to the Seattle Wolves. Obviously, Jordan Chate had an impact in that in 2023. Um, You know, he played a little bit more at that center position. Um, But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how you kind of play that role. Um, Kind of when you contrast that with kind of, uh, the, the the Chicago Hounds and kind of how, you know, you're pretty confident uh, with uh, the the Chicago Hounds team in terms of who's going to be starting there at the fly hat position with Adrian Carls there. Um, yeah. But with Houston, you're kind of more a little bit, you know, up in the air and you don't know where the fantasy production is going to be there with a line like this, with the back line like this. You're confident that yeah. that, you know, there's going to be what? fantasy points here. <laughs> It's just trying to figure out who's going to be scoring those fantasy points. Well,
1: I would. I actually think, you know, Chicago's in a similar position in terms of, like, Luke Cardi, he had a decent season last year. He was okay. Um, I know I was a critic of him last year, for sure. But the difference here is that I could see Luke Cardi passing through the draft, right? Right. Davey Coatser and AJ Alatimu are no way sure both going through the whole draft, sure. right? Like... Both of those guys are going to be high draft picks. Like, and it's not just like, oh, I can maybe like Luke Hardy, even Adrian Carlos, like you could probably get them in the later rounds. AJ Alatimi, David Coza, so these guys are going to be
0: Yeah,
1: you know, latest ninth, like latest eighth round, maybe or seventh round. And it's like, how do you how do you manage that? What do you do? Like as a fantasy manager, how do you manage this type of lineup? Because we saw it with Seattle that you end up with one of them, and you can get bit. Like, right. it's just going to happen.
0: If you had to pick right now, who are you going with? If you were given – you only can have one. Oof. Who are you going with right now? I got to say Davey Coatser.
1: Yeah, I think Davey Coatser has the – He's been he with ha- He was a try scorer last year. Right. Like, he wasn't – he was the try scoring 10 of the league last year. And – Yes, maybe he plays – maybe he starts half the games he did last year, three-quarters of the games he did that. But at least he's got the upside. AJ Alatimo, I mean, he requires the ability to play. Yeah. He's a playmaker. He's a guy who's going to do it off the boot. Um, So he needs that. And uh, I know that he got some playing time last year for Seattle at 12. Uh, I don't think he has a space here sure. at 12 on this team. um. So yeah, I would go Davy Coateser. I think.
0: All right, well, let's shift on over now to the second newest team of the MLR, the Miami Sharks. And this is a team that I think you can get pretty excited about because there's a lot of names here uh, that are pretty fun to see. I mean, we've been talking about, you know, Thomas Cabelli and kind of their initial kind of start of building the franchise around them, uh, around him. And then you add, you know, certain guys on this on this list that should be a whole bunch of fun to to watch Eric Naposki on here, uh, Benjamin Bonasso in the back row as well, Mm -hmm. Dan and prior um sean mcnulty in that front row at the hooker hooker position we'll see if he can kind of make a, a comeback into form here but uh yeah. if i had to choose uh you know between you know the miami sharks and 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 the los angeles rugby football club um it, it's an interesting one here uh, in terms of who's kind of starting off with the better base
1: yeah i mean look the miami had the tough one i think nico sanchez decided that he wasn't going to come to miami i don't know if we already talked about this but Uh, wasn't going to come to Miami and he's going to, I believe to play in Japan, but then they pick up, you know, a guy like a Uruguayan Felipe Echeverry, who's was great. uh, Who's been great for Uruguay in his 20 caps. Mm -hmm. Um, And they still have guys like Thomas Kubeli. I mean, you look across this team and you see a somewhat of a star or, or some sort of star in every position, right? Like, you look at the front, ho- front row, you look at Rob Evans, right? Mm-hmm. You look at the second row, yeah, okay, maybe that's a that's a softer point for them. The back row, they pick up Dan Pryor, yep. right? They got Benjamin Bonasso. The scrum half position, Thomas Cabelli. Felipe Echeverria at the fly hat position. Uh, we'll see how he does. I actually think he's going to be electric this year in the MLR, so he's going to be a guy to watch for on this team. And you look at, like, Nick Griggs, right? And then in the back three, yeah, maybe you don't have that same star set of power as some of the other teams, but... It's nothing, to, names. it's nothing to scoff at, right? Like Marcos Young, Matias Friar, Avery Ordeman, Eric Naposki. We've definitely seen him be a little bit of a highlight reel. So um, I think Miami is looking good this year. I don't think that they're going to necessarily be like first season in. We're going to be top four. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll be middle of the pack. I think they'll be above L.A. RFC or the L.A. Richards. Yes, okay. I think they'll be above the L.A. Richards. I think they'll be above Dallas. And then I think they'll be fighting with Old Glory DC for 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 some of the spots in the bottom four, okay. or bottom well, a bottom bit six. Of
0: shot. I guess we'll get to Old Glory there and a bet there. I didn't uh, expect that thing, but I, I for me I, I think it's a little bit trickier. I I don't know. I if you so if you're a general manager right now and you had the option of starting an MLR franchise with the Miami Sharks roster or the LA roster, you're picking the Miami Sharks roster.
1: Uh, yes, I, I think so. Okay. Um, I just like, I, I just think that they have, yeah, I, I think so. I, I think so. I think you look at the, the LARC. Yes. They have some star guys. Um, I think their backlines, their backline is probably similar to Miami on skill level wise, uh, maybe even better, but I just think that Miami has made some key pickups and international pickups this year that is going to put them and help them, Oh, put them over the top right, well, LA well, RFC just wasn't able to do that
0: let's make this a little bit of fun then I don't know what the bet is going to be for but I think during the season if we're going to do the race of the newest teams in the MLR I think I'm going to say that LA finishes higher than Miami here so I know okay. you don't like the 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 logo or the name but I, I I'll I'll bite the bullet there and back uh, I think the roster and our, our friend of the show Andrew Coe on that squad and see if LA is able to get higher than Miami I fair enough and I'm
1: going Miami and neither world. of us are going Charlotte so
0: <laughs> yeah no kidding all right well let's shift on over I don't think we need to spend too much time on this team. They announced their roster really, really early. Um, yeah. Obviously the class of, of the MLR, the New England Free Jacks, really not many changes here um, heading into this year, really the same squad outside of maybe a couple additions here, but some of the big names again, um, you know, John Poland is coming back. Jason Potros, Reese McDonald, uh, LaRue Millen. Hopefully he'll be back um, from that injury that he sustained in the world cup, but they have yeah. Wayne Vanderbank. They have Ben Lesage, um, Mitch Wilson, Paul. Paula um in in that back row line, and then of course you know Vian Conradi, Cam Davidovitz, um, just a lot of you know recognizable names here from the from the uh, twenty twenty three MLR champions. Um, and there w- there was no surprise that they came back with you know basically the same names. The addition of Kyle Bailey should help as well. Um, yeah. But I mean. The New England Free Jacks, they're going to be the team to beat here going into the 2024 year. Um, and I don't think there's there's much to be said. From a fantasy perspective, I want pieces of all of this. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I want Andrew Quacher. And I want, you know, uh, even Kyle Bailey, I think, is going to do great here. Vian Conradi, obviously one of the best back row scores from a fantasy perspective, uh, all season long. Yeah. Best one at 193.8 fantasy points. Um, and then, of course, Matt, you had Jason Potros on your team and you knew what he did from a fantasy perspective on an offense like this he's going to be electric as well and then you have the centers there i mean the new england free jacks again i don't think we need to spend too much time on this they're again going to uh, be kind of the the, the marquee of, of the list. yeah
1: look they lose i think the big loss is mil sanarivi yep uh but you follow it up with quatron who is not that far behind in terms of performance mm-hmm. um so that fills that gap i think they've added some depth this offseason i think you know they they've kept a lot of their core Um, I mean, obviously, they talked about it that they have one of the best retention rates in the league or something like that, Mm -hmm. uh, which you can clearly see here. So, yeah, they're going to be going for a repeat. Uh, They're going to be they're going to be going for another one. They have the team to go for another championship. Um, It's just a matter of, you know, even though you're going with the whole process of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Have some of these other teams who have made some big pickups. That's true now surpassed you because of their their need to go pick up more more players
0: and i've learned and i i've asked myself that question as well maddie but i've learned with this new england free Jacks side with the consistency that they've been able to show in the time that they've been in the mlr um, yeah. i ain't doubting this new england free jacks team i might be That's scared true. with some of the roster moves that some of these other teams to kind of close the gap with this free Jacks squad but i mean just just how yeah. consistent these guys are. It's it's going to be interesting to see how they how Agreed. if they're able to do it again here. In- I think,
1: yeah. And just as we wrap it up on the, on the New England Free Jacks, I'm just going to bring it like, let's not. Nobody's sleeping on Reese McDonald next year. Nobody's sleeping on Jason Potros. We saw both those guys. They can both have impact. Reese McDonald at 15 is going to have an impact, whether he plays at 10 or not, and most likely won't play at 10. Um, and. You know, once LaRue Milan is back and hopefully LaRue Milan back for the season, nobody's going to sleep on him either. Uh, There's no injury kind of stunting his performance, so we can hope that he has one of the best center performances in the league by the end of the year.
0: All right. Well, let's shift on over now to the Nola Gold. Talk about a team that has made oh, some moves. Sorry, right.
1: Last one, Quatron's gonna be huge.
0: Yeah, qu- Quatron is gonna Quatrain's be gonna huge, right? huge
1: for this team, both for this team and for fantasy.
0: Absolutely. All right. Um let's shift on over now to the Nola Gold, who is a team that has made a significant amount of moves here uh this offseason. Um I know Matt, you were on the Nola I'm Gold. We're gonna be jumping on the same train this year. year. Is that so? You're buying another ticket and you're going back on we're the buying the another, another here. ticket.
1: I'm going into the gold mine. I'm going in there. I'm going to get some, 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 you know, cancerous toxins from the gold mines. And I'm going to go in there hoping for success. Cause this team is looking sweet.
0: Looking pretty good. I mean, you add, uh, obviously the biggest name, probably this off season is Ed Fido and the, uh, dispersal draft adding to that back three of, of, of Jordan trainer, Dougie Fife. um, you know uh, some yeah. of the other big names there a center room that's pretty locked up with JP duplicy and Jordan Jackson hope with what they were able to do last year duplicy being one of the top fantasy scores for us last season uh 204.2 fantasy points the best center overall in the fantasy 2023 year uh Rodney Iona is going to be back Luke Campbell should continue to uh make his uh name in the MLR and then you add some of those names in the in the front pack as well um yeah I mean Nola Gold it sh- it should be pretty solid right
1: uh, yeah. I I mean, the way that I look at this is they've st- like their front, their, their forward pack is okay. It's, 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 it's decent. They've got the big guys like Jared Adams is obviously going to be big for them. They brought back Malcolm May, who's always been good. Um, but where I look at this team is like the, the back, like the back line the back line is just silly now. And and we've seen Ed Fido be a game changer for, for teams. But you look at this, like Luke Campbell, Rodney Iona, JP Duplicy, Jordan Jackson, hope Ed Fido, Dougie Fife, like Jordan trainer. That's just that back line just seems ridiculous. And I think one of the biggest issues they had last year was that they just at times weren't able to get go forward ball. Um, and I think this backline kind of allows them to get a little bit more of that play a little bit more, um, and I think they're going to be they're going to be a good team this year.
0: Yeah, should should be interesting. Is this your favorite backline so far out of the teams that we broke down? Uh,
1: so far, yes, yes. But I'm kind of biased because you know my love for JP Duplessis. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think this the. Uh, Houston, no, no. Houston, Houston, I think, is the best one that we've gone through so far. Okay, Nola Gold, maybe next, but there's some backlines that are coming up. Oh, and then New England Free Jacks, obviously, we went through them too. Yeah. So it's kind of tough. I I mean, I don't think Nola Gold is going to be – I don't think they're going to be winning the league, Ryan. I don't think they're going to be going okay. for so a so you're not going spot. as far
0: as saying they're going to be MLR champions like you did last no, year? No, no, no. I'm not saying they're going to be
1: MLR <laughs> champions, but they're going to make it to the playoffs. Like, they're definitely going to make it to the playoffs this year. I, I don't think they're going to be as disappointing as they were last year.
0: Well, I guess we'll see. I think a big thing here, which is, I mean, a good good sentiment to kind of uh, kind of talk about with a, another edition of a pretty high-powered backline is, like, that's what it sounds like we're going to the 2024 year with. Like, a lot of improved backline play, which makes for exciting rugby. So that should be fun to yeah, watch. And, and well, then it translates, maybe that... it translates to a lot of fantasy points, hopefully. Um, yeah,
1: maybe that's just us not really being totally educated on the forward back.
0: It could be too. I mean, we're, we're nine. So we just give them the ball and they, they just, uh, you know, do what they need to do. And then we exactly. make sure distributed out wide. All right. Exactly. Um, well, let's shift on over now to old glory DC. Uh, talking about the sentiment of kind of not making that many changes. Uh, old glory DC kind of falls into that group. And oh, I, I, off of what you wanted to have so much more of a step forward after what was a pretty solid year last year. Um, I don't think they have the same. They don't have the same um, kind of. I just, uh, yeah. um, they 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 can't. They're in, they're not in the same position as the New England Free Jacks, where they can just sit back. They the success has been there, and they can just rely on that same consistency. There needed to be improvements made. It was a successful season to build off of last year, but I just don't see that they've made. The additions and the changes that have been needed to keep up with the rest of the league to push them forward in positive progress here i think I think they're they're yeah they they might be uh, they left behind in the dust here because of the lack of moves that they made in this off season
1: yeah, I'd have to agree i think uh I think they lost guys obviously, and they haven't really filled all those gaps um i mean, you look at a guy like um. Ah, oh, it's slipping my mind. I'm gonna look it up, but, but yeah, I, I just think that I just think that they, they don't. You just look at the squad and you don't get the feeling. You compare them to some of these other teams in the league, and you just don't see where it's gonna work out for them. And that's why I was looking and and I was looking at this team of saying like, I think they're gonna be bottom four. Like, the, you look at this squad and I think they're gonna be bottom four. Is two, like? There's questions on whether Tusi Tal is the same. As when he was, can he drive this team forward? Can he be the attacking force and, and be kind of the catalyst on offense for this team, right? They lose Tito Diaz vanilla. They replace him with Jason Robertson. So yes, I see Jason Robertson as the starting fly half for this squad. I think that'll be a great little fantasy play, but you look at the rest of the squad and like, all right, the back three, I've seen a lot better in this yeah. league. You look at the centers, William Talatena. Okay, I've seen a lot better in this league. Mm-hmm. They've obviously got a couple additions that they still need to make in that center position, but still, it's it's not anything to anything to really say like be wowed at. Um, I think their best part of their team is probably their back row mm-hmm. with Jamison Shells like Fanana, Banana and and Corey Daniel and Luiztaro Bavaro, and you got Colin Gross in the second row. But other than that, I mean. I think this team's going to struggle this year yeah. against some very strong opponents.
0: It just feels like a lot of other teams have made some big moves. I think Olgore DC had a lot to build off of from a good 2023 year.
1: Yeah. I'm just
0: not impressed with what, with what they were able to do. So yeah. we'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, Jason Robertson coming back. We'll see what he's able to do. I think fantasy-wise, he's going to be great.
1: Uh, well, Danny coming from the NPC, right?
0: Yes. Um, Danny Tussitala. Um, uh, it has got question marks, right?
1: Tussitala's got question it's marks. True. And it's true. not just... Not just Playing wise, but fantasy fantasy wise as well. Like you talk about the the shell shocked of of drafting a Danny Tussitala in the first round. Like you drafted him in the first round and you got nothing compared to what he could sure. have been at. Sure, right. Like it was not what you expected. Yeah, maybe he had a decent season, but it wasn't what you wanted. It wasn't what you drafted him for. Right. And sure. you're gonna have questions of whether hey is is he gonna be this the Danny Tala of two seasons ago. Is he going to be the Danny Tussatalla of last season? Because those are two very different rankings.
0: Right, 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 right. All right. Well, let, let's shift on over to uh, a, a team that had a great 2023 year. Uh, ended up going to the finals, lost to New England Free Jacks. That is the San Diego Legion. Right. Um. And th- this is an interesting this team. One. Is dumb. Okay, I agree with you, but I think I'm. There's also a level of concern, though. I will say Where? with the San Diego Legion team because they've had they've had departures right? They've yes. had departures. Um, are the guys that they've brought in able to, to fill that out? I mean, you bring in Matt Gato somehow comes out of retirement and all of yeah, a sudden I don't understand back, this guy. Um, he, he, running he a comes podcast back in, obviously like the last team we've ago. seen him is the LA Giltinis, but you have, you know, Lincoln McClutchy there that we've, we talked about before on the show here, uh, Thomas Awake, who had a great fantasy season last year, ended up being, yeah. um, our number one, uh, or not, sorry, not our number one, but our, um, uh, one of those top guys towards the tail end of the season, 186.6 fantasy points there, uh, for the 2023 year, um, you lose Sam Malolo, but you bring in um, you bring in uh, Hugh Roach and see what yep. he can do there. Um, there you lose you know um, uh, uh, Judd. Um, I don't know what the scrum half situation is looking there. We talked about Nick Boyer not being the answer mm-hmm. there. They bring in Danny Christensen. Is that yeah, he's definitely the not the
1: answer? He's definitely not.
0: Um, and so we'll see there. But your overall talk, you, you seem to be pretty hyped uh, by the San Diego Legion squad.
1: Look, I mean, face value. I think you you see some obvious gaps. Like, they lost Nate Oxberger, They did not replace Nate Ox. Right. You, can, you can't replace Nate Oxberger right. unless you get one of those marquee guys. You look at the scrum hat position, right? They lost Richard Judd uh, up the Hurricanes, but they lost Richard Judd, and they replaced him with a couple young guys from overseas like Nick Duffy, Connor Tupai. You don't know what you're going to get from them. It's definitely not going to be at the same class and experience as Richard Judd. So you're confused there, but here's where I look at this, right? Like, you look at the front row position, it almost remains unchanged. Yeah. Uh, Other I than Sam Malolo is a big loss, right? But I think you bring in Hugh Roach and Chris Mickelson, both. I mean, Hugh Roach we seen the Chris Mickelson's a new young guy from Australia. I think we're gonna see that impact still there. Okay. Maybe not to the same level, but I think we'll still see it there. Um. You know, you bring back Isaac Ross, which is great to see. And then you look at the back row. I mean, Christian Boydvin, he didn't even have a full season last yeah. year. And he, he was, was a monster when he was on the field right. for fantasy. Exactly. Like he, was, he, Tup- was, he, was, he was great. Yeah. Tupo Afongia, right? Tavita Tamalau. All these guys, I think I think they've kept the core together. And then they add guys. Like I think we had a big question last year for San Diego of like the 10 position. Mm-hmm. Yes, Josh Henderson filled in. And yes, Will Hooley filled in and had solid play. But now you bring in guys like Lincoln McClutchy, right? You bring in guys like Matt Gateau, who by the way I think will probably play at twelve. Um, but you have a guy like Lincoln McClutchy who played so well in the NPC Bunnings Cup this year that you kind of expect him to have an even better season in the MLR. So I think that's gonna be a that's that's an underrated addition that I think is gonna turn into like one of those Jason Potros's editions. Okay. Um and then you have a guy like I, I I like this team. I think I think they've lost star power, but they've gained in a little bit more of depth across the board. Okay. Are they better than they were last that year? That
0: was gonna be my question. Was is this San Diego team better than what they are last year?
1: No. I, I don't think they're better than what they were last year. Uh, just because I think they lost the two guys that were probably the. Three guys that were probably the most important to their success. Right.
0: I mean, that that was the sentiment for me with this team. I think I'm still excited about the San Diego Legion side. There's still a lot of names on this team that you're very excited about, especially from a fantasy perspective. Christian Poitivan you're excited about. Lincoln McClutch, you're excited about. You know, Josh yeah. Henderson, we saw what he was able to do last year. There's always the hype around Awake, um, in that mix as well. But I think the sentiment around this team is always going to be, at least in this, this outlook here, this very, very early outlook, is just departures you know losing nate Oxburger, losing samuel malolo um you know those are guys that are are hard to fill in losing richard judd um those are big key positions that are going to be Difficult to fill with the amount of output that they had, but we'll see. We'll see um, whether or not this San Diego Legion side is going to do. But still, an exciting, an exciting uh, uh, roster construction to look uh, look across and see. Like that, that's where it kind of. It's always funny for me to see when you see like the New England Free yeah. Jacks. It's so hard to retain consistency when you have great level guys, and the fact that the New England Free Jacks are able to do that is insane. And and the San Diego Legion, who they faced in that final, um, obviously a little bit dealing with a little bit more movement yeah. there. So I it'll be, it'll yeah be just.
1: Before we move on, fancy. Oh, by the way, we forgot to mention Mikey Tail, and they did add Chris Matina. Okay, sure. Uh, who is who is good? But again, they're not Nate Oxburger. I mean, Mikey Tail is Mikey Tail. Like, you're not yeah. gonna. There's no replacing that barrel, so it's good that they kept him.
0: Interesting um, enough, no, uh, no Ma Nanu on this list.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, interesting or like, are you like, all right, you can <laughs> you can have you can have Ma Nanu or you can have Matt Kato. They probably had to make sure that Ma Nanu <laughs> yeah, was retiring. No before Matt, they could sign McItoe. But just guys that I would look at this year. Uh, Lincoln McClutchy, like I said, I think is going to be... like I would draft him as one of the first few 10s off the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ethan Grayson in the centers. I would definitely take a look at him. And I would definitely look at Chris Mickelson, this hooker coming from Australia, that, this young man coming out of Australia. Definitely I would take a look at him and see if... Potentially you would have uh you could get some fantasy output. I, and I'm not t- talking about the guys like Christian Poidevin. Like those are obvious guys like fungia. Right. like those guys are obvious, but but I would definitely take a look at those three guys for me. i right, interested well let, to see how they do.
0: Let's shift on over now to the Seattle Seawolves, <laughs> who tends to have a lot of fantasy output guys. And this one should be another interesting one. Uh again, I think <sighs> another they lose dope team. They lose their two fly halves that they had in the twenty twenty-three year. Yeah. And they add Mac what? Mason and Sam Windsor, which is gonna yeah. be fun to watch on the Seattle Sea Wolves. They basically don't need... retain the same center core. They have JP. Oh Stiff no, they didn't, core. Ryan. Okay. Ryan.
1: Ryan. They did not just retain <laughs> oh, the Corey. Well, no, they core. well,
0: they have Tavita Kuradani now.
1: Ryan, they could sign me at ten. And I would I you know all I need to do is just give it to Tavita Kuradani. The entire game. And Dan Krill And Tavita Lop like Yeah. Anyways, go on, Ryan. I yeah, just had So to...
0: no, no, I agree. I the Tavita Kuradani there is is a huge one. And then they have the best nine in the league in JP Smith. Um, Now, especially with the departure of Richard Judd, I think there's no question that J.P. Smith, at least definitely from a fantasy output, he was the best uh, of nine that we had all year long, uh, scoring uh, a whole bunch of points, uh, a total of uh, 108 fantasy points last season, which was uh, electric. Um, And then, I mean, you look at, you know, the same front pack, there's always the Seattle uh, Seawolves pack. Except they add
1: Joe Taufetti now.
0: Joe Tofetti's in there now as well. Um, Rhino Herbst uh, is in there. At uh, that second row, you got Nakai Penny. Uh, you know, the Ad hyini It's been in and out with injury, but you keep Reichert hatting. Um, I mean, again, you talk about consistency, about keeping the standard of Skill level on your squad high despite departures, and this is what the Seattle Seawolves have been able to do. Uh, they keep their core players, uh, that have got them so much success over the year with Duncan Matthews, with uh, with you know, Riker Haddings, JP Smith, those core guys, and then despite yeah. the departures of Jordan Chate and 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 AJ Alatimu, you add guys like Mac Mason, Sam Windsor, plus the additions of Tavita Curridani and Joe Tafeti. Um, this is gonna be a fun team.
1: Look, I mean. And they, they bring in a second row in Hugh Taylor, an England guy, an English guy from overseas to replace that Ben Landry type player. Um, I think this team's better than that San Diego Legion team we just looked
0: at. I agree. I agree for sure. Uh, I think this
1: is going to be an early, early, early prediction of like it's New England Free Jack versus San Diego. I don't know if they're making changes to the whole division thing, but like New England Free Jack versus Seattle Seawolves. I, I could agree. see it. I could see it. You look at these two teams. Um, yeah, 10 position, whatever. I, I think Mac Mason, Sam Windsor, I think they'll both do you just fine. I think the power of this team is you look at that back row. Pago Heini, even though he gets hurt a lot, we've seen him, and Riker Hadding is... you
0: Charles know Charles Alton.
1: Yeah, and Nakai Penny, I mean, Devin Short. I mean, Devin yeah. Short, we've seen his impact as well, but yeah. as long as Riker Hadding continues to get needles in his butt, he's going to be just fine. <laughs> um, So, yeah, I mean, it's just... You look at this team across the board, every position, right? Like, it's just silly. Uh, the back three, they keep Duncan Matthews. We know what Inafuti does, right? Uh, they add Tony Pulu coming from from overseas, from New Zealand, right? Kirijani and Dan Creel, Tevito Petty, like, that's silly. That's a silly choice to have to yeah. make between three guys. Yeah. Um, and they got J.P. Smith, like you said. I think this is just... I think this team has, has stepped it up from last year. Yes, maybe they've lost a few guys, but this team has definitely stepped it up um, step it up from last year, and I think they're going to be a top-two team in the league.
0: I think this might be my favorite early roster outlook out of the entire yeah. league. I, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, this is just a lecture. I, I think out of all the rosters, this is the one that I want to have a yeah. piece of. I want to have Dan Krill or Tavita or Tavito Petty on my squad. Yeah, um, well... I Here's, want even Mac Mason or Sam Windsor. They might not be the yeah. highest skill level guys, but the amount of playmaking and assists that they're going to be getting and the scoring opportunities with the kicking as well. Yeah. Um, with this, and I we know this team's going to be, it's yeah. going to be great.
1: And we know Sam Windsor and Mac Mason both have history in the MLR of being absolutely money off the tee. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think the big question is like, you look at that center position and it's like, how do you go about that? Yeah. What's yeah. going to happen? We, you know, you have questions about, Tavit Lopetti has been a stud. Dan Creel is obviously Dan Creel. but then you bring in De- Tavita Kurajani is like, where does he fit in? How does that like how does that yeah, is he gonna to be have, playing though. every game? It's a great problem to have. Like, you know, we were concerned with Ma Nanu coming in, but this isn't Ma Nanu. He's probably yeah. younger than Ma Nanu when he came in, maybe. Uh, but like yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see how we go about that. I'll be interested to see where TVD and gets drafted. And I, I feel I'll be very interested.
0: Right, and that's the sentiment. Is that from a fantasy perspective? Is who do you feel confident in? Um, out of that bunch. I think from a skill perspective, it's going to be so fun to watch Kuridani be uh, electric in fantasy. But yeah. if I had to put my money on it, I'm sticking with Dan Creel, uh, yeah. you know, second best center in fantasy scoring last season um, with uh, with uh, 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 I think 200. it's 100.4 points. Um, but we'll see. But again, yeah, games. I think Overall, it's more so it's fun.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it's more so who's next to Dan Creel. That's the question. Right. Dan Creel is not where you have the question. It's who do they play next to him and on what how how often? Exactly. So yeah, and and I would definitely like let's keep Duncan Matthews. I think Tony Poulu's gonna have a really great season. I, I don't I think I think they've tried that Connor Mooneyham train. They've seen what he can do, and they've kind of said, All right, At you least want not perform last can year. And in, in yeah. sports too as well. And Lina Fuzzi, I think, has really made himself known. And I think Tony Pulu is going to be a great addition to that. Um, and, yeah, I, I think Hugh, another guy on this team, Hugh Taylor, I think is going to be a starter in that second row, and I'll be interested to see how he does this year.
0: Right. yeah. I, this is the roster that I think I'm most excited about here yep. um, so far, at least in this early outlook. All right,
1: last team to go over here,
0: the Utah Warriors. Um, another team where you're kind uh, of Vandy like, okay. I love this. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they got names here. Um, you know, they added Robbie Povey uh, 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 through the dispersal draft. That um, was the only pick that they made. Um, yep. you, they have Joe Mono from last season, who was so electric. You know, you keep, keep some key names like Kelly Macken. You add Nick Sutron, which should be a pretty big addition for them there from uh, from Old War D.C. Um, nothing to be crazy excited about. But, you know, again, kind of like that same all glory DC sentiment. I just like the roster better here in this situation where, you know, you got kind of your, your, your same guys. Um, and, and you know, you, you've added a couple pieces here and there and it was successful last year. And we'll see yeah. whether or not it's successful this year.
1: Well, I mean, you love to see a guy like Nick Sushan added to the squad. Sure. Um, along with Vukoto, I think Nick Sushan replaces that Henry Bell that you had to mm-hmm. play a very similar type of stat line in terms of fantasy wise um and and yeah, I mean it, it's it's mainly unchanged. I think they have made some nice additions um, probably at that nine position, Logan Crowley will probably be a nice little addition there um, Robbie Povey is like whatever just because the you're behind Joel Hodgson right? right? like he it's was like so good last year, yeah, exactly. um, I think maybe one that we can look out for is Spencer Jones finally on a team that maybe he can get some more playing time. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I'd be Mackie excited. There. Yeah, I mean you still got Caleb Mackney there. I I mean I know that they have like they have listed as Spencer Jones' back three, but I think he'd probably be a bit more comfortable in that center position. Um but then again, how do you fit in that center position? You got Tyler Fisher, you got Paul CK. you got Mika Cruse. Yep. Um pretty tough. I I like the team. I'm just I think they're gonna have similar a similar season which was a successful season last year they're gonna have a similar performance the only issue now is that you've got some other teams that have stepped it up you got guys like nola i think chicago like we talked about is going to be better uh-huh. um that yeah, i think are just going to step it up and 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 they're going to have to make sure that they continue that that run i think that you're still going to want a piece of this this offense though right like Joe Mano, Mika Kruse, yeah, like Joel Hodgson, Caleb McInerney. Yeah, you're still going to want a piece of this offense um, and that backline just because of how good they are.
0: Yeah. Uh, again, Joe Mano was our number one fantasy player overall in 2023 year by a yeah. landslide. 246.7 fantasy points and, over Nate Augsburger, who had 228. So, And honestly,
1: right, like Nick Sushan and Fuku Koto, if I was a fantasy manager, I'd pick up both of them.
0: Yeah. And And I would
1: have them both, whoever starts, you start.
0: Yeah, reap the fruitions of that. That should yeah. be should be exciting. All right. Well, to wrap up this show, Matt. I, I know we went a little bit long here, and again, we're going to continue uh, breaking down these uh, these these rosters as the the uh, the 2024 MLR season inches closer. Um, as we get more information, we'll start breaking down more of their fantasy outlook. Uh, but team that you or teams that you're most excited about uh, at the top of your list. Uh, I'll have to say that um, I, I got to be the most excited about Seattle. I'll throw New England Free Jacks in there because you can't because you you have to because they're 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 uh the the most consistent but i'll throw seattle and new england Mm -hmm. free jacks in that first tier for me what's who's in that first tier for you
1: uh okay i'm gonna put uh miami because i'm excited to see how they go okay uh i'm excited to see houston and then i'm excited to see nola okay those are the three teams that I'm looking forward to watching. Uh, just because I would love to see what the new additions and/or completely new team, yeah, um, is going to perform against MLR talent and I'm the guys so gonna- and the likes of San Diego and the likes of Seattle and the likes of, of New England Free
0: We're so gonna get bit in the butt with the Chicago team, <clears> man. <throat> it's gonna be so funny to see. Oh, yeah. uh, but well, we'll see. Again, electric. Though that's kind of my next tier Look, of list. Is excited to see these next back lines. Nola, Chicago. Um, Yeah. Houston. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch.
1: If there's one thing that people know, Ryan, is that we suck at predictions.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. But hey, we're back at it another year, and it's going to be yes, great. Yes, we are. Uh, but yeah, we'll continue our breakdown of the uh, the rosters as we get closer, like I said, to the 2024 season. More fantasy information. Again, keep a lookout on our social media pages and channels and our Discord community uh, for when we're able to open this up to the masses because this information is going to mean a whole lot more to you if you got a stake in it here. For this 2024 year in a fantasy MLR season or league that you can join, uh, that should be just around the corner. Make sure you're checking the fantasy records com for more of these stats that we've been mentioning throughout this episode and again super exciting to see i think the the bottom line here is that uh it got pretty grim there towards the tail end of 2023 but here at the start of 2024 in this happy new year it's getting a whole lot exciting and we are less than three months away from this 2024 season gonna be a good one cannot wait yeah. matt anything last uh for the people
1: yeah new year new mlr let's get it
0: Let's get it for Matt Yee, for Ryan Yee, for Devin Vandy-Vanderpool. Uh, we'll be back next week for another episode of the Fantasy Ruckers Show.
1: Ellie Richards. You've been listening to the Fantasy Ruckers Show.
0: Bringing fantasy rugby to the masses. Covering everything rugby from the MLR and beyond. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and be sure to tell all your friends. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, connect with us on social media at The Fantasy Ruckers. Till next time, this is The Fantasy Ruckers Show, signing off.